Hello and welcome back to Multi Stories. I'm Tom. I'm Oriana, and today we have Hannah producing the show. Hello. Just to give you a reminder of what we're all about, in case this is your first time listening to the show. Uh, Multi Stories is a brand new podcast focused on giving a platform to emerging writers, allowing them to hear their work read out loud by a group of professional actors. After that, we have a chat with our guests about their work, their lives as writers and anything else that might come up. And as we're celebrating emerging artists, we'd also like to share some new music with you at the end. So let us introduce you to today's guest, the fantastic Lewis Aaron Wood. Hi guys. Uh, Lewis, <laughs> would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, my name is Lewis Wood. I am a playwright and also spoken word poet. Um, little bit of a spoiler for uh, the play we're about to, <laughs> to read through. Um, I've been working as a writer on and off for about five or six years now. Um, I've had work performed around London, actually around the UK a little bit and um, in Germany as well. Um, I really like being able to at least tell my grandparents that I'm an internationally acclaimed <laughs> playwright. Um, yes. The international bit is definitely true. The acclaimed bit, we're not so certain <laughs> of, um, but it's nice to say either way. Um, but I really like working with um, lots of kind of multidisciplinary work, um, focusing on themes of identity, mental health um, and some queer themes as well. Um, really, really glad to, uh, to be joining you guys today. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Oh, amazing. Thanks so much. We are very, very, very excited to have you with us. Um, and also to hear a bit more about all of what you just mentioned later on uh, in the podcast. But um, could you tell us a little bit more about what we're going to be hearing today without giving too much away? Yes. Uh, so the play we're going to be hearing today is called Speak. Um, Speak is a play that I actually wrote in association with Broken Silence Theatre on a residency there. Um, when I was their writer in residency, I believe it was in 2018-19. Um, Speak is about uh, a young boy with a speech impediment um, and the way that uh, voicelessness plays into your identity. Um, it's also more broadly about kind of mental health and depression, anxiety, um, and how potentially the ability to access your voice um, can have a huge play into those sorts of factors as well. Um, I was going to go on to a little bit more about the background behind it, but I'll save that for the chat afterwards. <laughs> okay, very nice. <laughs> Great, that's fantastic. Yeah, really excited to read it on the show. Um, so the way we're going to do it this week is we've got uh, a few different scenes that we've chosen throughout the play um, uh, and some of the spoken word that was mentioned as well. So uh, to introduce you to the cast today and who will be reading for you, uh, we have Sam Weston reading as Connor. Uh, we have Hannah Churchill reading Christine, uh, Tom Rouvre reading Luke, and Oriana Bucklin reading Lucy. Yay! So without further ado, here is Speak. A stutter, a splutter, a little mutter, words clutter in the gutter. Motherfucker. A cough, a croak. My voice is broke, I try to speak, but when I do, I only choke. There's sandpaper clawing at the edges of my throat. Like my mouth is clogged up and the whole thing's full of smoke. The weird thing is, I know this is just in my head, but for some reason the fault is in my mouth instead. You see, I know the words, they're there, I just can't pronounce them. 
Trust me, I am so ready to make my announcement. I can't tell you how it feels to be stuck inside your head. You have a thousand thoughts you have to leave behind. Consigned to the black. Consigned to the back. Resigned to the black. And you feel defined by this lack of any vocal attack. There's a voice in me begging to find a way out. There's voices talking to me, begging me to scream and shout like, speak, speak, speak. They chant like, speak, speak, speak. I can't. Well, don't just stand there, Connor. Come on, have a wander around. I've been doing a lot of research into how to help out someone who's going through a tough time. And everything I look at says that it helps to be in nature. So, here we are. Nature. Fresh air, grass, trees. Look, there's a lavender bush over there. I know quite a few people that use lavender oil to help them sleep or try and ease anxiety. Would you say that you've got anxiety, Connor? Maybe you should go and have a big sniff of the lavender bush. That might help. Couldn't hurt, hurt to try, at least. You've got to try these things, otherwise you're never going to get better. Go on, Connor. Go and sniff the lavender bush. See if it helps. Come on, sniff it. Sniff the bush. All right. You're a bit hesitant. That's okay. Look, just follow my lead to begin with. We're going to start with some relaxing breathing. Help calm you down. Deep breaths. In through the nose, out through the mouth. Come on. In, two, three, four. Out, two, three, four. Don't just stand there, Connor. You're supposed to be breathing with me. Come on. I'll join in, in this time. In, two, three, four. How do you feel? Do you think it's starting to help? Is it loosening up your throat at all? I... Right. No problem. We've got the whole afternoon to get your voice back. Let's go. We'll count to six this time with me. How was that? I'll make a face. Fresh air hasn't cured you then? I'm sorry, mate. I, I really tried to fight your corner. But you know what your mum's like. There was no stopping her when she decided that this was the best way to help you. Where is she, anyway? I gesture outside. Still in the park? I nod. Hang on. Let me guess. Uh, group aerobics? <laughs> I shake my head. What is it? put my hands into a prayer position. Ah, group yoga. Well, I was close. How's therapy going? I mean, actual therapy, I mean. I'm not. Good. Good. Do you want to go out this afternoon? Uh, maybe we could grab a pint? It mean we wouldn't have to be here when your mum gets back? smile. Are there different plants for different emotions then? I shrug. 
well, you know, I mean, lavender's for calm, tulips are for tiredness, roses help you get an erection. <laughs> Talking of helping you get erections, is is that Ellen? I look confused. That is, that, that's Ellen, isn't it? I, I think it is. I, I think that's Ellen. Throwing my hands up in frustration. Oh, uh, sorry. Do you remember the girl I went on a Tinder date with about two months ago? I shake my head. Come on, mate. You know this one. Uh, the one who accused me of not looking like my photos. Uh, and I was like, why? Am I uh, more handsome in person? And then she said... I look blank. You remember what she said? Don't make me say it again. I say nothing. No, you're fatter in person. <laughs> Ellen, I'm going to go talk to her. I look panicked. Oh, sorry, mate. It's, it's, it's okay. I'll stay. Ellen can wait. Apparently, I'm too fat for her anyway. Talking of Tinder, have you spoken to Lauren at all recently? Shake my head. Why not? A gesture at my throat. Yes, but I mean, online dating means you don't actually have to be able to talk. I mean, there's no reason why you couldn't keep messaging her, or someone at least. You've got to keep yourself sharp for when your voice is back and you can get out there dating again. I'm not responding to that. Might be worth a shot. I've actually been getting quite a few messages about you recently, mate. People were worried about you. Have you not been talking to people? A gesture to my mouth. No, I know, but I mean like texting, Facebook, whatever. Shake my head. Right. Okay, mate. Whatever makes you comfortable, I suppose. Do you want another drink? Oh, Connor. You're quite late. I had already said to Naomi to cancel your appointment. And can I ask who you are? I'm his friend, uh, Luke. Has he spoken about me at all? No, don't worry about that. I'm, I suppose he hasn't spoken about much, has he? Look, Connor's very sorry that he's so late to this session, but um, I overslept. I'll leave in a minute, but um, you should know that he hasn't slept at all. Right, uh, I'm going to go grab a coffee, but I'll wait around until you're finished so that I can take you home. I'll see you in an hour or so, mate. He's all yours. Please, Connor, sit down. I sit. Is that true? What your friend mentioned just then, that you haven't slept? I nod. Why is that, Connor? Was it because of your mum? Your dad? Connor, I need you to at least try and speak for me. Our first few sessions, you were doing so well, but this is a two-way thing. I can't coax your voice out of you if you're not going to try on the other side. I need you to try for me. I say nothing. Please, Connor. Mm. Mm. Your mother. 
or not. Did you have an argument? Okay, Connor. It's becoming increasingly clear to me that we're going to have to deal with the root of this issue. Honestly, I've been so proud of you for everything that you've achieved since you've been coming to see me. But it's clear that nothing we do physically is going to help until you've been able to explore the issue which caused this. We can continue to do the exercises that you've been practicing and making a lot of progress with. But there's clearly something else going on here. I don't know what's happened with your mother or with your father. But if we're going to make any further progress here, you're going to have to talk to me about this. I know you don't want to do Reiki. Trust me, I know. But she's doing it because she wants to help you. Your friend there, he's taking you places because he wants to help you. I'm seeing you every morning because I want to help you. At the moment, it seems like the only person who isn't interested in helping you is you. There's loads of different techniques that we can use to explore your feelings about whatever's happened here. We could try role play. I could refer you on to CBT. You could even try some much more in-depth psychoanalysis, but in order to do any of that before anything else, you need to tell me what happened, Connor. Can you write it down for me? Not my head. Okay. As much or as little detail as you want. Take your time. Growing up, I was always obsessed with being on stage. I, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know it's not the most natural place for someone like me. And people always give me a weird look when I tell them that being a kid with a stamina wasn't fun. And there was a lot of times that I didn't really want to be myself. When I was on stage, I don't feel like me. I could be anyone, a rock star, a Viking, fucking Jesus Christ, <laughs> anyone. And when I was on stage, my speech problems just went away. I was never much of an actor though, so I turned to writing. It made sense, more sense than acting even. By writing something down, I could speak without speaking. Does that make sense? They were my words, but I didn't have to say them aloud. They could exist all by themselves. My creative side comes from my dad. He was an actor, well, still is. He, he was never hugely successful, but he's been in the odd bit of TV and theater here and there. As a kid, I'd always go to every single one of his shows and I would just sit there, eyes, wide in amazement. I actually didn't see my dad much as a kid. I realised now it's because my parents didn't really want to be together. I'm 22 and they've been married for about 22 years and nine months. And figure out for yourself what that means. I think that's part of the reason why I grew to idolise my dad. It's easy to have a warped opinion of someone who isn't really around that much, you know? I never really realized how toxic my parents' relationship had become either. I suppose you don't when you're the child. That's the point, isn't it? They protect, they protect you from it. And they present this gilded exterior, even though the inside is steadily rotting, slowly but surely. 
you know, resentment growing stronger each day. Last Tuesday, my mum told me that my dad was moving out. He's met someone else and he's going to live with her. She didn't seem that surprised by it. It's been going for years and I think they'll both be happier. But fuck me, I lost it with my mum. I screamed at her and, and, and shouted and I, I, I roared. And then suddenly I couldn't, my voice had gone. <laughs> so that's it, that's what's, that's, that's what's caused this. There's no huge issue, there's just two people who are unhappy finding a way to change that and leaving me stuck in the middle. I know it seems stupid, but I'd always pictured my dad as being the connection to my voice, to being on stage, to feeling free to acting as someone else. Without him, it felt like I've lost my ability to speak. So I suppose my brain took that a bit, bit literally. Thank you for sharing, Connor. The first thing I need to tell you is that trauma is never competition. It's not about your issues being as big as someone else's. If something is important to you, if it affects your emotional state, then you shouldn't downplay that. I think the best way for us to deal with this would be for us to potentially role play talking with your dad. Do you think that's something you'd be interested in? Don't respond. Or maybe a letter would do the same thing. Or a poem. I nod. I think it's best for you to get your feelings out towards your dad. And we can work on that within this room. That's clearly something which has created a block in your brain. Do you think you agree? I nod. If the root of your stammer is within your brain and you feel like you've lost the connection to your voice, maybe working through those issues would help to get that connection back. It's worth a try, at least. I'm afraid we've come to the end of our session today, Connor. Thank you, though. Will I see you in the morning? I nod. Good. My grandparents owned a library, which barely covered their wages. But when I was young, they'd take me there to flick through the old pages. Read through Chaucer and Dickens by the time that I was free. <laughs> Although the words didn't make any sense, the idea fascinated me. All the books were the same words, just used in different orders. The letters were tools, a wide paintbrush, same used by every author. I spoke to Grandad, he said to me, his hands around my wrists that writing a book is just as simple as plucking the words from the mist. The thing with words is they're already there, they're already floating in the air, and you can make a sentence with just as much ease as picking the words from off the breeze. And now I'm from there, a verb from here, arrange them to make a bit of Shakespeare. All together they can make something so much greater, a sentence is formed and you the creator. When the words aren't there, you can see a light to keep afloat the darkest night. A candle died in your voice safely back home. And as I'm reaching through the fog, feeling my senses begin to clog, 
that light lets me know that I'm not alone. Sometimes the light will seem to flicker for me. The mist is somewhat thicker, but that doesn't mean that the words aren't still there. Within the mist, as it grows dimmer, you'll somehow spot a far-off glimmer, and there I'll be pulling the words from the air. Through times of strife, we find ways to survive. We revel in suffering and being alive. Though silence feels final, it's only temporary. It can be filled with just one word, however ordinary. And always remember, no matter how you feel helpless, your voice is yours and no one else's. Yay! Um, so, Lewis, this is the big question. No, no, it's not at all. Um, how was that for you, <laughs> hearing it out loud? <laughs> it's wonderful. It's really, really lovely. And one of the things which I really like about uh, hearing this play is, first of all, seeing the way that people work through the silences and that people work with the character of Connor. And and I really, really loved your performance, Sam. And I actually really like the the reading out of the stage directions that does a really interesting thing to the character that you almost associate directly with what's in his head, almost like a book, if that makes sense. You know, yeah. like in, a, in, in a book, you get yeah, to actually really read the character's thoughts. And that's actually what we're getting from, from your performance there, Sam. Um, but also, I really, really like... It's, it, we'll come on to this a bit more in a second, obviously. It's, it's very autobiographical. Um, and the poems are very personal to me. Um, and as a poet myself, I have a sort of weird rehearsed rhythm to them in my head. Um, but I think one of the really interesting things about being a writer is having to understand that that doesn't matter. Like the way that I rehearse things in my head is by no means the right way of doing things. And I love when people bring their own kind of conscious rhythm to things or they break things up in a way that you really didn't expect. And especially with the poetry, you listen to the poetry and you go oh, that's so much better than the way I would have done it. That's <laughs> completely different, but it's just, that's, you're right. Like, the way I wrote it was wrong. The way you're doing it is the right way of doing it, which I always find really, really interesting to listen to. That's fantastic. That's really that's Yeah, really that's really cool, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you hinted at it just there. Um, but yeah, we wanted to ask kind of what, what was your inspiration for Speak and if you had, yeah, a personal connection to the piece. Yeah, um... Speak was a play that I wanted to write for a really, really long time. Um, I really think that as a writer, you have to challenge what your voice can be used for and where your voice is important. If you're taking up space at the moment, why is it a story that you think you can tell? Um, and as I hinted at, this is a very autobiographical play. Um, I had a really bad speech impediment growing up. Um, it actually runs in my family a little bit, um, although uh, the main person it comes from is my grandpa, who got his after seeing his school bombed in the war. Yeah. Um, now, thankfully, that's not what happened to me. That's not where I got <laughs> mine from. Um, but yeah, I grew up with a stammer and I really struggled with it for a quite long time. Um, and I did actually have a, a, a really bad episode as a teenager where I was actually struck dumb for an entire month. Um, and I did a lot of really intense speech therapy and I got through it and I managed to coax my voice back. Um, but it's something that I've always found really interesting is the fact that I then ended up studying drama. 
Mm-hmm. And I then ended up doing drama at university and I did it all through school and I loved performing. And whenever I tell people about, because yes, I don't have the same speech problems that I used to have, but they still do flare up occasionally. They're, they're still things that I notice. And yet I'm, I really love performing and I really love being on stage and that doesn't really seem to match up. Um, and I thought that experience is something that I really wanted to write about. Um, and especially I love working in lots of different disciplines and I love bringing poetry into theatre as well um, and playing with form a little bit and it seemed to all match up pretty well um, to be a, a, a piece which I think is really quite interesting. Um, and like I said in the intro, so I worked with Broken Silence Theatre who are a really, really wonderful theatre company um, to develop this piece and, and the work of Tim there, who's the artistic director to help kind of pull out what was really important in this piece to me and help get the bits which are really, really personal to still ring true, but also not just be essentially me going, I'm Lewis and this is my story and these are the things that I did when I was 16, this this happened. And, you know, kind of pulling away from that, but still keeping the threads of what make it so important and uh, to me and something that I'm so passionate about, trying to keep that passion in the writing as well. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing so that personal story with us and also allowing us to yeah read it and, and have a go because, yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, you. And you did kind of mention this. You're leading us on very nicely to all our questions. <laughs> um, so you you are a poet and you uh, have also done a lot of performing. So do you um, perform your own work as well? And, and how do you find that? I have performed in my own work before. Um, Two of my plays at university I ended up performing in, but purely based off the fact that someone pulled out and I already knew all the words. Um, I don't really tend to act. Um, I do quite enjoy it and I think I quite miss it sometimes, but I get much more thrill from writing than I do from acting but I also really love performing spoken word. Um, so I kind of get my, the real creative energy out through both sides of it. Um, but like I was saying, I, I, do, I do really enjoy writing performance poetry and then including it in theatre because yeah. you do end up rehearsing a natural rhythm to it. Um, so it's the, it's the only bit in speak that I could actually like recite to you at the same time. Um, as I was listening to the mm-hmm. to the performance, which I always find this quite interesting, there's a joke that comes up and I'm like, oh, that's quite funny. And then I'm like, Lewis, you wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't be surprised by that. <laughs> you did write that joke. Um, it can still be funny. Amazing. If it's funny, it's funny, you know. <laughs> Hopefully so. Um, <laughs> but the poetry especially, that's really the bit that, that I have actually performed. And uh, some of the poems from Speak I've actually done at like open mic nights and stuff. Um, that's actually where one of them started. Uh, so it helps kind of blend between the side of me that likes to write and the side of me that likes to be on stage. I think that really comes through because I remember when I read it for the first time, I imagined the way that I just like saw it staged was um, someone with a mic, much like a, a open mic night, um, talking very directly to the audience uh, yeah, just like a handheld mic or something like that, um, which gets that kind of, yeah, like poetry feel. Yeah, um, it, yeah. 
it's quite kind of the, the poetry intentionally is very if i say spoken wordy will you know what i mean it's it's kind of it's sure, very yeah. it's very performative and it has a, a lot of rhythm to it and it it's trying to bring in that vibe of one guy on stage yeah with the handheld mic close to his face talking to an audience mm-hmm. um and i i think it helps really because the piece can be um it's it, it can be quite dialogue heavy and it can be quite silence heavy as well just due, due to the nature of connor um but then those poems really help to bring like a, a different energy to the piece i think which i think is really important yeah, mm. yeah i really like also that um that the spoken word moments are like part of it's a character in the story it's not like sometimes you see it where it's like a bit more abstract to support it i like it that's a character in the story is doing performing these poems it's it's something sorry it's something i've always thought i i grew up watching a lot of musicals and i always get confused in musicals when one of the characters just breaks out into song Mm. and the rest (laughs) of the characters should go why we were just talking why are you singing now (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) So that's almost my way of doing the same thing is going no look this is why he's doing a poem it's not (laughs) it's naturalistic it makes sense i really like that i really like that a lot it's always directly and immediately relevant to to what's exactly going on in the script at the time which is great um speaking of the script as well um (laughs) we were wondering if you had a favorite moment or as well a poem um from the piece it's yeah i think it's probably the the same answer to both um it's either the first poem or the last poem so the i really like a stutter a splutter a little mutter my words clutter in the gutter motherfucker Um, (laughs) just because that's really fun and also um i like to rhyme as you can tell i think from the poetry (laughs) in this piece and that that opening, that's an opening to a poem, which is a stutter, a splutter, a little mutter, my words clutter in the gutter, motherfucker. That's six rhymes on one sound. Yeah. For mm. as a personal point of pride, I yeah, think like... that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Love brilliant. it. I had a question actually about that, which is um there's a bit in the in the script that we didn't read, which is I think Lewis talking to um to connor about and he's trying to write a poem at the time and he asks him he's like oh i just need i need a word what rhymes with and he goes to he goes to a website to try and find it do you do that or do you try and um do you yourself try and sit there for coming up with uh coming up with the best like asking a magician yeah i know that's that's what i was gonna say Uh, look uh, (laughs) if i'm writing uh something more emotional that's probably going to be something i perform or something that i put together in a pamphlet probably not um if i've been writing that exact thing for a few weeks and i can't get anything maybe i will um (laughs) if i'm doing something for like a friend's birthday card that i just want to write a little poem for and i want to get it done in 10 minutes yes absolutely yeah, definitely. i'm not enough. writing that poem rhyme zone is, <laughs> no. is writing the poem and i'm yeah. filling in the gaps in yeah. between <laughs> what a nice good. thing to do though that's a great idea for someone's yeah. birthday card you yeah. sound like a great friend <laughs> <laughs> except that i've just revealed to you that Zone actually writes most of the yeah, poems yeah don't show this to any of your yeah, friends yeah yeah <laughs> they all think you like spend you know Good weeks on. crafting these poems for them you guys can listen but not to like five minutes in the middle you can just skip yeah, yeah, that yeah. bit yeah yeah we'll cut it out <laughs> <laughs> um 
can you tell us also a bit about how well no you kind of have told us how you got in, into into writing but also um your sort of professional journey in a way like um yeah. taking you up to now being represented by north artist management yeah absolutely um so i'd always written poetry as a kid um, and as a teenager and it was a really important thing for me as kind of a therapeutic tool um, and as a way to express creativity. And then I went to university in Loughborough um, with kind of broad ambitions of being an actor. Um, I don't think in a way that I knew exactly what that was going to be, but I think just as a, I want to go to university to do the thing that I like, um, realised very quickly that I wasn't good enough at that. Um, so I got involved in as many different aspects of theatre as possible um, in the stage society there and I was in a friend's play and I sort of had a moment that I was like why don't I try and write a play um, and then I, I wrote it over one summer and that is the most organised way I've ever written a play I was like <laughs> had a, an excel spreadsheet with the amount of words and amount of scenes I needed to write each day and I finished that play and that was a huge moment for me Wow. And then I put it in a box and I was like, well, that'll never do anything. Never mind. And then there was a gap at the Stage Society uh, for a, uh, a for a performance. There was a slot for a performance available and people knew I'd just written this play and they went, well, Lewis, why don't we do that? And then I never really looked back since. Um, <laughs> so I had about four or five shows on in Loughborough. Um, and every single time I'd, I'd get such a high from it that I'd be raring to go for the next one. Um, had then yeah then a few shows on at the Fringe afterwards um, came down to London uh, three years ago or so now and had various bits of work put on at kind of open mic nights was really really fortunate to get the residency with Broken Silence which was a huge piece of development for me um, mm. and then uh, pitched myself to Alex at North um, was really, really fortunate to um, then be represented by Alex, um, who is fantastic. She's an absolute angel. Um, and then since there have, have really been taking on more projects as much as possible. Um, except, well, I don't know if you guys know, the last year has been quite hard for yeah, uh, creatives. Yes, picked uh, up on that. There's been something <laughs> happening, I'm not sure what. But I, I've, I've had quite a few things on, which has been quite nice. I'm, I'm developing awesome. a piece with... Uh, Sean Holland from uh, Fable Workshop and working on another piece as well um, which I have had to catch myself midway through that sentence because I realise I'm not allowed to talk about it but there's, Ooh, a, there's another play as well um, <laughs> so yeah I've, I've, I've been well do you know what I was going to say I've been really lucky but I, I've also worked very very hard um, yeah so but yeah it's been it's been a really really nice journey coming from doing a lot at university to then coming down to London and really finding myself here and finding kind of a, a space for my voice. Yeah, yeah. That's, great. that's great. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> um, do you have particular other writers, um, um, just general writers, I guess, but also playwrights that um, inspire you? I really do. Yeah, 100%. Um, Amazing. I'm not a huge classics person. I never really have been. I understand the appeal and I understand the dramatic importance of them, but I don't particularly want to watch them myself. <laughs> um, I'm really into new writing. Um, so I used to, I had what I was called, what I would call Theatre Wednesdays that I would take myself off to a show 
every single Wednesday uh, and I would see whatever was closest to me um, oh. and saw some fantastic things. I worked really close to the new diorama, so we used to go there all the time. Um, my job before that was opposite the King's Head in Islington, so I used to go there all the time. Uh, in terms of particular writers, like I really like people that play with the form a little bit. Um, so Jasmine Lee Jones with Seven Methods, absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Misty mm-hmm. by Arinci Kenne uh, was potentially the best thing I've seen since I've been in London. Um, there's been loads and loads of great things that I've seen since I've been down. And I, those are kind of the writers that I I see at the theatres that I love, um, that I think, oh, that's what I want to be doing. Um, that I see people who play with form a little bit, who are writing the stories that are important to them um, and bringing new things to the theatre. Um, and a slightly a slightly different one in terms of, I think, the writer that has most influenced my work. Um, I really love Dr. Zeus. Uh, oh, cool. I, have nice. a Lora- I have a Lorax tattoo. <laughs> the Lorax is my favourite book as a child. Um, that way of playing with words and playing with language I think probably influenced my poetry more than anything else like I said I like things that rhyme and I like weird rhymes and fun rhymes I think Dr Zeus is probably the most preeminent influence (laughs) (laughs) on my writing which probably isn't a particularly cool thing to say but it's definitely the truth I love it that's great (laughs) (laughs) that's fab yeah Um, You've talked about some of the yeah, some of the, your favourite theatre that you've seen then um, since you've been down in London. Um, obviously, uh, theatres have been dark for the last year or so, but with them hopefully opening up again soon, is there anything you're particularly looking forward to? Have you booked any tickets yet, or are you do you know what it is you might want to go and see? I've I've got a few things booked now, so I'm booked in to see The Ocean at the End of the Lane. Um, oh i've seen that national version yeah i've seen that in november again one of my favorite books which i'm really excited for um i'm also booked to go see not theater but it's poetry um harry baker's i am Ten Thousand in a few weeks time which i'm really excited for he's he's my favorite poet um and the way he plays with words is absolutely brilliant um my girlfriend and i are looking at the moment um into any show that we can go and see um, because <laughs> we've missed it so much that just being able to be in a theatre is going to be really exciting. Yeah. There's loads of, I, I think I want to get back into the thing of, okay, what have the Bush got on this week? What have the Royal Court got on this week? What are the King's Head doing? What are the new diorama doing? Mm-hmm. I want to go and see all of it. Um, also, uh, Operation Mincemeat, uh, which I don't know if any of you guys saw. It's had two runs. Yeah, I heard of it too. Haven't, haven't didn't see it. See it. Yeah, so it was. It's a musical by Spitlip um, about uh, the scheme in World War Two. Um, now I'll let I'll let you guys look into it. Genuinely, yeah. probably my favourite thing I've ever seen. Unbelievably good. And I was wow. meant to go see it when it was on. It was supposed to run last year and obviously didn't. Um, and I'm so I'm sort of just waiting for them to reannounce that it's coming back so that I can message it to every single person I know and say, you need to go and see this. It's brilliant. Okay. Amazing. That's a great recommendation. Yeah, they, yeah they wow. I definitely want to see that. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Well, sorry, I, I'm really laughing because Sam is completely in the dark right now. I'm just <laughs> watching him spooky. get literally darker and darker until we can barely see his face. <laughs> um, He's going to disappear completely. Yeah. Uh, well, 
thank you, Lewis, so, so, so much for um, letting us share your work with all of our listeners. If you have enjoyed what you've heard, please do check him out at Lewis Aaron underscore Wood um, on Twitter. Great. Excellent. Uh, and just to say, as always, um, you're absolutely welcome to follow us on all our social media channels as well. Uh, if you want to keep up to date with uh, everything going on at Multistory Productions, uh, we are at Multistory Prod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and if you'd, yeah, you'd like to hear your writing or your music on a future episode of the show, then please drop us an email at submissions at multistoryproductions.co.uk. Thank you so much, Lewis. That was really, you, really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. No, I really appreciate it. It's, it's really, really nice to talk theatre again. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, loved, loved reading your, reading your play. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. No, I really appreciate it. And now we have Luca Case, artist name Case, with his new song, Kirk. And you can follow Luca on Instagram at case.luca. That is spelled K-A-S-E and L-U-C-A. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye! by source. Two blues, Rizzler. I can't wear my new shoes. Too sweet to twist them up, Twizzler. It really is what it is, huh? Looking forward, screaming, let them live with my fist up. Been a long time coming, like the changing of our mindsets. And every time I've write, got my eyes on a prize, call that mic check. You can't tell me nothing about potential, bro. I put that right on my neck. Weight on my shoulders had me pushing through the thick air. Never really need to cap, I got thick hair. Don't rub me up the wrong way, make you sit there. Switch where you ain't got no sticks or no bricks there. All I'm saying is the line kinda pointless. You take away the knives, might see what the point is. Gone in a breeze, no weed, still find me where my joint is. Easy with it, man. I think I found my voice. Shit. I think I've found my voice. Been a long time coming, but I think I've found my voice. Shit. Only the breeze know. I think I've found my voice. I think I've found my voice. Shit. It really is what it is. Switching it up, filling a cart, putting it down on a coaster Spilling an image, all over my lyrics, it tells you the most of What I be made of or what I'm afraid of, I'm really here trying to get closer Heart is all full up with love and I pull up and mix it and sip it like potions Hard to slow me down, I've been up on that fast track Turn your frown round if you're starting with my last track Viral with my sound, showing face through my mask act Gotta put in work, Captain Kirk, build that star track Two rows at once, I'm doing plays while I write this Murderous verses, only if you can kill it like this Know my target, rarely thinking that I might miss The unholiest and nice when I got a backup mic trip. Ten years old, started singing, still I can't stop. I got decades worth of music that I want drop. Only time will tell I got you till I hit the top. And even if I made it, I still got you. Put that on God. With this music, I feel comfy when I'm on my J's. I'm so lucky that I'm doing this and doing plays. Last year I met a good brother, set me in my ways. Now it's blood, all love when we hit the stage. Like we Mitch and Ace, got him pumping to the bass. Like we at a house rave. Cannot believe a little I need to keep you smiling. Trying to achieve the things of my dreams, the extra mile it is, the extra mile it is. So.